So we decided as a core team of the BCCs over our four churches that sort of um, to have a message that would be shared across the four churches on this particular day. And uh, I'd invited Andy Wright from the Hub Church to come and share. And uh, unfortunately, he's gone down with COVID. So um, there you go. Life-changing moments can deeply affect us, can't they? Think about your life. I and mean, if you've ever had one of those life-changing moments where you think, wow, that really did do something. Uh, for some, it could be the death of a loved one. For me, uh, in 2004, my mum prematurely died. And it, it changes you, doesn't it? You know, um, Getting married, you know, those who uh, got married, for me and Marianne, it's going to be 30 years this year. I know what you're thinking. I was 10 when we got married. But uh, uh, <laughs> life-changing moments. When we had uh, children, they, they were life-changing moments. On cue, that's great. Some of you know this particular story, but um, when uh, Marianne was expecting Joe, our firstborn, she had those twinges, you know, and it's like, right, let's get to hospital. So we went to hospital and they said, oh, no, it's not happening yet. So they sent me home again. So I went home, put the car in the garage, went back to bed and then got a call Something like four in the morning or something. Right, it's all happening. So I went out um, to get the car to drive up to the hospital, only to discover that somebody had parked their car in front of our garage. It was in a block. And it's like, what do I do? I've got to get to the hospital. What do I do? So I panicked and I thought, what do I do? I'll call 999. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't busy in Basingstoke at four in the morning there. It's true, didn't I? Dive 999, left you a note didn't I? Do you remember that? said, gone to hospital. So I was blue-lighted uh, up, up to the hospital. There's Marianne ready to give birth. And I walk in. You never guess what happened to me. <laughs> anyway, life-changing moments. <laughs> and often we ask ourselves this question. Oh, no. No, no, not a question. This person here. Do you recognise him? Yep. This guy called Martin Smith. In the uh, early 90s, he got together with the youth group in his church, and they started to lead um, some worship events called Cutting Edge events. He started to write some worship songs called uh, things like Lord, You Have My Heart or Over the Mountains and the Seas. And uh, they, 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 they were, it was really growing, these events. But in, in the mid-90s, um, Martin was involved in quite a serious car accident. And at this life-changing moment, he felt God say to him, you're going to get serious about the band. And what they did was they all kind of gave up their jobs and they all went sort of full-time as the band. And out of that, they wrote some more fantastic worship songs, ended up traveling around the world and uh, going to massive events and leading worship to hundreds of thousands of people. That life-changing mo uh, moment uh, for him. Some of you will know... Uh, I had a slip disc a few years ago. There it is there. Look, there's the slip disc. Um, that, that's me, that is. <laughs> that's me on the inside. Have you ever thought, what's he like on the inside? I guess you're going to look a little bit like that yourselves. But yeah, that was a life-changing moment as well where something happened. And you end up asking this question, well, what now? This has happened, so what now? What's going to happen? When COVID came along, it affected everything, didn't it? Everything and everyone was affected by COVID, be that in your workplace or uh, in school or in college or in leisure times. We just couldn't do anything. Sarah said everything was sort of closed up, wasn't it? You know, we, we couldn't go to the theatre. We couldn't go out for coffee. We couldn't go to the pub. We couldn't go to the gym. We couldn't do anything, could we? Everything was shut down. We were all affected by it. And we asked these questions. So what now as we come through these things? 
In the Bible, the disciples, those 12 close followers of Jesus, got to one of those moments as well. If you know anything about the disciples, you know Jesus called them and they spent a couple of years just doing life with Jesus, seeing some amazing things, doing some amazing things. But then they saw their, their master, their boss, uh, being handed over to the authorities, being crucified, dying a horrible death in front of them. And then a few days later, they saw him come to life. And the Bible says he spent 40 days with them in this kind of strange body that could walk through walls and yet he could eat. And then he said, I've got a gift for you. I'm going away. It's good that I go away. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And then they had this weird moment where Jesus literally was elevated to heaven. I mean, isn't that weird? Wouldn't that be weird just to see somebody? I'd like to go that way. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Bye, everybody. I'm going to heaven. So the disciples then gather for prayer. And they were waiting. And I'm sure they were asking the question, what now? What now? What, what's going to be next? So let's have a quick look. Um, if you've got a Bible, we're going to read from Acts 2. We won't read all of it. We're just going to read these particular verses. For some, this is going to be really familiar. For some, it's going to be new. But let me encourage you just to try to look at this with fresh eyes. So the scene is set. They're meeting together. They probably were meeting in the temple because there were other people were around. They were going there and they were praying. So Acts 2 verse 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Jump down to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. It's a little tip there. Not good to drink in the morning. Later on, it's fine. Maybe after 10. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And if you read on, uh, Peter then quotes the prophet Joel and talks about the Holy Spirit being poured out. And let's jump down to verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the, and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about three were added to their number. Oh no, 30, no, more Lord. 300, no, 3,000. 3,000 off one preach. 
They were added. They became believers. Powerful stuff, isn't it? What an amazing text just to read. Um, as the disciples are asking, what now? The first thing I want to draw out from this is this point here. God fulfilled his promise. In Acts 1, we see Jesus telling them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And then in Peter's preach, he refers back to the, the prophecy from Joel from hundreds of years before, where Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, men and women, young and old. Now, if you know um, some of the Old Testament stories, you know that there were times when the Holy Spirit was poured out on people. But here, this was different. God fulfilled his promise. God is a promise keeper. I don't know about you, but when we hit lockdown, where did you go to for that kind of strength, support and encouragement? I went to the promises of God. Went to the scriptures. Because that gives us a narrative about what God is like. How he is with people. We can trust God. You can trust God. Because he's faithful and he keeps his promises. The second thing is that, as I said, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. You see, in the Old Testament, there were times when the Holy Spirit would come on an individual for a specific task, and it would say the Spirit would come on them, and he would do an amazing thing, or she would do an amazing thing. And it's dotted around, there's like ones or twos, and it would, it would seem to like come on them just for that, that moment. And the, so that shows us that the Spirit's on us for a mission, for purpose. But when we get to the book of Acts, things are changing here. That's the old covenant. The Holy Spirit isn't just going to be for one or two. Maybe I'll pick this select group of people. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. He's for men and women. He's for all of them. It says, you know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came on all of them. Now that's a different sound, isn't it? And that is true today. The Holy Spirit wants to come, not just on a few of us here, but all of us. It's not exclusive, it's inclusive. The outbreak, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit isn't just for the ones or twos. It's for every single one of us. And there will be an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit before we're done this evening. Third thing, Peter's great preach. If you have ever read about Peter in the Bible, you know that he was the disciple with the foot-shaped mouth. I mean, he can't help himself, can he? He always seems to be just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. There's a particular story in the Bible where Peter joins Jesus with James and John, I think, and they go up a mountainside, and an incredible thing happens. That heavenly lift opens, and down comes Moses and Elijah, and they're having a conversation with Jesus. Weird. And what does Peter do? He says, oh, this is so good, this is good. Should we build you a little tent just to live in whilst you're here? I mean, bonkers. Why would he say that? He was just getting it wrong. At times he would try to sort of, it's like he knew better than Jesus. And he kept getting things wrong. But not today, not on this day of Pentecost. Because as he's filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens? There's like an anointing that comes on him. There's a clarity. There's a conviction. And he speaks powerfully. That says to us that when the Holy Spirit's on us, when we're in the slipstream of what God is doing, we live under that and we can operate under a particular anointing of God. You might have known it in your own times when you're doing something and you think, like, God is really with me in this? Have you ever had those experiences where you think, wow, 
did I really say that? Did I really do that? And it's like the Holy Spirit is there. He's there. He's anointed us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, what then happens is this. The gospel advances. Verse 41 says, have you read it? 3,000 were added to their numbers. So not only did the Holy Spirit come on Peter to deliver a message which had an effect, I'd also want to add that the Holy Spirit was already at work in the listeners. You see, God is always at work. And there are times when we don't know what God is doing already in people's lives. Even people who have not maybe yet come to Christ or become a Christian. God, the Holy Spirit, is already at work in them because he's active and you kind of got this thing where Peter says this under the Holy Spirit's anointing. And the listeners kind of go, yes, there's a conviction. And they say, yes, we want this. And it's like, just shows us that the Holy Spirit is at work in both things. Again, you might know of people that you're praying for where you just sense sometimes, there's little windows where you see God is already at work. Now, if you notice also that when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, it says he filled them and they were able to speak in other languages. And it goes on to say in detail, doesn't it, that there were people uh, from around different countries all in Jerusalem. And they heard the message of God in their own tongue. That's really important, isn't it? Because what the Spirit wants in the sense of mission is for people to hear the good news about God in their own language again this is not an exclusive thing you know it's not like god is saying well you know if you speak this language you can hear about god no the message of the gospel the mission of god is for everyone and god equips his people to be able to speak their language now you can see that literally if you want to go and preach to people in germany it might help if you speak german i know speak german i know good at languages i just do mine Jesus on the cross, he loves you. <laughs> but think about it, in the, in the cultures over here where we are, there's other languages that are spoken. You know, if you're somebody who loves to go to the gym, there's certain languages that people talk about in the gym, you know, the weights they're doing and all that, and we can share the gospel in that way. There's some people here, believe it or not, who love sport, who like football, and they always do football analogies. Not me. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, but I could do about music analogies, about a band. Uh, but then what about if you're really into computers? Why am I looking at you, Rui? I don't know. I don't know. But there's, there, let's face it, there's geek language out there, isn't there, about computers. You know, Joy, you're nodding. You know, it's like, whew. but why not think about the environment in which you are, find yourselves, find, well, what's the language that will reach those people? And ask that the Holy Spirit will give you that language. Why? Because the mission of God uses language which people can understand. That's what that tells us in Acts 2, doesn't it? Different languages for different places. The other thing is about questions. In uh, verse 7 and 8, it says the people were asking questions. What's going on with these people? Why are they so different? Have they been drinking? You know, and questions are quite important, aren't they? You know, we ask questions in life. Have you ever found it when you're maybe trying to just share the gospel with people, they start asking questions? We have to be good listeners. We don't just blast in there with, this is how you do it. We have to listen. And what Peter did, he listened to what was going on and then responded. So if questions are asked, we listen. 
we respond. There have been some times when I've gone onto the streets, not recently, let's be honest, but and sometimes when you're just trying to talk to people about Jesus, you get these um, lot of questions coming. You know, where did the dinosaurs come from? That, that kind of question. You know, who made God? That kind of thing. What color is God's hair? Well, you know, those kind of questions. But sometimes there are one or two people who are asking you penetrating questions. It's like you can see it in their eyes. It's like the Spirit of God is at work in them. And the question they're asking, because there's something deep that they're trying to say, they're asking something. And if we are sensitive to that, under the Spirit's anointing, we can draw out that person and invest in them, plant some seed into them. So questions are important. We need to discern what's going on. That there, do you recognise who that is? <laughs> the rabbit bunny. Do you mean the energizer bunny? The battery bunny, yeah. Seen those adverts on the telly, the energizer bunny? Yeah, yeah. It's because it seems that from Acts 2 onwards, the disciples are just fitted with some new batteries. It's like there is no stopping them, is there? They just start telling people about Jesus wherever they go. And then God flings them out. And the rest of the book of Acts focuses on maybe Peter and then he goes on to Paul. But it's all about activity. If you just read it, it's just a catalogue of the going here. And this is happening. And this is happening. And this is happening. It's quite hard to keep up with it all. But it's like the Holy Spirit is like that energy that just keeps them focused on the mission. But if we look in the book of Acts, they, they get prayed for, on, on Acts 2, Pentecost, but that's not it, that's not it, they're not done, because it says they do some activity, then they meet together, they share, and they say, let's pray for one another, let's be filled with the Spirit again, yay! So they do it again, and then it goes on again, so it becomes their lifestyle, their rhythm, their way of doing it. They're doing stuff, and then they come back together, and they pray for one another. They say, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit again. I don't think it's because it, we leak, I think it's because we just need to go back and say, God, I want more of you. I want to stay focused on you. That should be our rhythm. That should be our way of doing things, that we are full of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get to praying, as I was thinking about this, now, I think there might be a couple of things that God may just want to share prophetically, and they are this. The first one is, and Sarah, you already alluded to it, so I kind of feel like it's right. You, when you had your mask on about that, you, you were talking about how we kind of, inhibits us. And I had this phrase of like lockdown spirits. I know we were all forced to stop doing certain things. But in some conversations I've had with some people, it's, it seems like we've sort of lost a little bit of the freedoms maybe we had before. Maybe we won't do many, maybe the same things. And maybe in your life you think, oh, I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure I'll do that. And it's like, instead of... Um, going out, it's like everything's closing in on us. And it's almost like a lock, a spirit of lockdown is holding us back from the purposes of God. And it's like, it feels to me like a bit of an enemy tactic. You know, well, it's just shut down the church. We'll just say, oh no, it's better, it's better to stay at home, put on Netflix or something. But that's not who we are. That's not what God's called us to. So I want to pray. And if that's you, I want to pray for you specifically. The second one is this. Our front door at home, the door handle, got stuck started to stick. You know, you'd open it to go out and then instead of it sort of popping back up so when you shut it, it would lock. It wouldn't. It was stuck. What I had to do was I had to oil it. I had to put the oil on the mechanism to ease it. And it's like a profound moment. It was like God was saying, there are some people here who just feel stuck. I'm just stuck. And what we need is a fresh anointing 
and we've got some oil as well. And if, that's, if you just feel stuck, you don't have to explain what it is, but you just feel like, I just want God to unstuck me. Is that a word? You know, get unstuck. We need the oil. We need the anointing. We need God breaking in. So we'll pray for that as well. So four things. Firstly, God keeps his promise. So important that we know that. That is our foundation. We can run to God. We can trust God because he's a promise keeper. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it wasn't just for the few. It was and is for the many. In fact, it's for all of us. Okay? It's for you. Thirdly, the mission of God is big. It's not one or two getting saved. The heart of God is for hundreds and thousands of people. And like Peter, maybe you want a fresh boldness just to declare the wonders of God. And then the fourth thing there was about uh, the Holy Spirit in us, not just for the once being prayed for, but regularly being prayed for. So we got that energy. We've got that something from God, which is beyond ourselves. It's like God in us. Now, um, what I'd love us to do is to just take a moment to ponder on those things. Because I really do want to pray. You know, maybe you want to respond to those prophetic things. And uh, I know Bigsby would love to pray with some people as well. And we have, we are, you know, a church family here. You know, we, uh, we believe in body ministry. But if you want to join me, I'm going to pray generally. And then I'm going to invite you, if you want to just come to the front here, we're going to pray. If you want a fresh touch from God, if you want a fresh anointing from God, we want to pray. Because I really believe that we don't just want to do life on our own, do we? We're not designed for that. And we need the Holy Spirit. We have been honouring God. We've been lifting him up. We've been declaring his praises so beautifully. And it's been great to do that. And Lord, here we are as your people. We've seen what happened in Acts 2 when you came upon those disciples. How you really changed them. You transformed them. And I know many in this room have been filled with the Holy Spirit before. But here we are again. Sometimes I just put my hands out just as a, a physical uh, sign to say, God, here, I'm receiving. Whatever you want to do, if you want to stick your hands out, if you want to kneel down, if you want to find some space, just open up your hearts, open up your minds, open up your spirits. This is a safe place here. I'm not going to do anything wacky but I am going to invite the Holy Spirit to come into this space, into our lives. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, just like those followers in that temple courts. They heard you move and they were filled with you. I want to pray and ask in your kindness and in your goodness, you would pour out your Spirit on men and women in this space right now. Lord, we receive you. We receive you again. Now, some of you are going to be experiencing something which is beyond words. That's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Would you come in your power? Would you come in your majesty? Would you come 
and change things for us. Would you fill us, we pray.